Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 120. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to continue the Reflections for Education Leaders series that I've been doing and talk about your spiritual growth, the importance of faith and leadership. Before I do that, I want to give a couple of shout outs, first of all, to the Nevada Association of Career and Technical Educators, who hosted a wonderful event last week in Lake Tahoe. Thank you for the invitation to be with you all. I had the privilege of keynoting there on messaging matters and then doing a couple of breakouts one for teachers on a deep dive for messaging strategies, and then one with school leaders on eight hats, the essential roles school leaders need for effective leadership. And so thank you uh, to my friend Tomas Macaluso and to the wonderful folks out there in Nevada. What a wonderful time to connect and build friendships. And then also just a quick heads up that next week, transformativeleadersummit.com is a website you need to go to right now uh, to sign up for this summer's Transformative Leadership Summit hosted by Jethro Jones and Danny Bauer. They have a long list of amazing speakers, Amy Fast, Rick Wormelli, Justin Bader, Adam Welcome, and yours truly. And so um, there's just going to be wonderful, free professional development available through that Transformative Leadership Summit. And then if you want the version where you can have access to those videos and interviews uh, permanently, uh, then there's an early bird registration where you can sign up and always have access to that for the low, low price right now, $97. And so uh, it's just a wonderful opportunity to either participate for free or to download those permanently. So uh, thank you, Jethro Jones and Danny Bauer for hosting this summer's Transformative Leadership Summit. A few weeks ago, I was sitting on the airplane with my oldest daughter, Emily, who had just finished her first year of college and was enjoying her summer break. She was staring out the window into the landscape of clouds below while we were flying to Chicago together for the conference I was attending there while she was going to do some sightseeing and we would have some dad and daughter time as well. It is hard to explain the kind of love that a parent has for a child. And if you're a parent, I know that you can relate. If you're an aunt or an uncle and you've got that special niece or nephew, I know that you can relate. But as a father of four, with each one of my kids, I've felt such deep emotions that words fail to describe the feelings. And I can remember when I first held Emily in my arms, the overwhelming affection and the thoughts that came into my mind, one of which was, I have no idea what I'm doing, um, but I also had no idea that this is how deeply a father's love can be. You know, thinking about a father's love has helped me a lot in my spiritual growth. And you already know this, that your beliefs, your core values guide your thinking and they guide your life decisions. And I can safely say that the bedrock of my beliefs rest in my faith. I'm a Christian, and if you don't share that faith with me, then I want to welcome you into this conversation. Your experience and your beliefs about God may differ from my own, but I'd like to share this week why I believe that your attention to your faith and your attention to your spiritual growth still matter. And so uh, if this conversation is uncomfortable for you, feel free to fast forward to another podcast. But 
I wanted to share with you this week in Reflections on Leadership why I believe that your faith matters. And I think it's an important area for us to consider because if we ignore this important area of our lives, I think that we're ignoring the opportunity to serve our schools with some perspective. So let me just share this week four reasons why I believe your faith matters. Number one, your faith provides a bedrock of assurance. It goes without saying that we live in a world of uncertainty and our students and teachers experience anxiety and stress at levels that we may have not known before. If you look at research on today's youth, especially um, both globally and locally, our kids face the kinds of stress now that we wouldn't have faced at their age. Human experience, however, has always included risk. And in every aspect of your life, you have to accept that there are many situations and experiences that are beyond your control. And even though I'm a strong believer that you have an amazing amount of input and influence and decision on what direction you want to go with your life, often we are faced with incredibly difficult scenarios that feel beyond our control. When you're counseling a struggling student, uh, when you're facing the death of a loved one, no amount of self-talk can replace the kind of assurance that faith provides. And walking in faith does not mean pretending. It means placing your trust in something or someone that promises a greater hope than you can see right now. A belief that our circumstances and our outcomes are ultimately in God's control. Now, this does not mean that I expect my students or my teachers to share my faith. But I can step into every day, whether it's a day that I'm inspired or a day that I'm managing crisis, knowing that I'm walking in with courage because I have assurance. I have assurance that someone greater than I is in control of the ultimate outcomes of the people with whom I'm working. So number one, faith provides a bedrock of assurance. Number two, your faith provides a measure of perspective. I think it's important to ask yourself the question, of who you are ultimately trusting with the outcomes that you hope to see in your work and your life. As important as it is to self-reflect or to rely on those around us to give us feedback for growth and improved outcomes, many of your outcomes, frankly, have nothing to do with you. Let me give you an example. My grandfather was a farmer, and I loved to ride in the tractor with him as he planted corn or soybeans, and I noticed how hard he worked to till the soil and select good grain and apply fertilizer and plant in early spring and summer. There were so many elements beyond his control. Uh, he did not plant in a greenhouse. So because he planted in a farm, he could not control the weather. So sunlight and water were not within his control. Most importantly, my grandfather had no power over the seeds. Seeds that were planted in the ground were placed in the right conditions, but that sprouting and the growth that happened within that seed was the miracle that would happen in the seed itself. My grandfather could not force those seeds to grow. So let me apply that to our schoolwork. In the classroom, in the schoolhouse, we can place our students and our teachers in the best conditions possible for personal or academic growth, but ultimately we have to trust in something beyond our control. We have to trust that if we place them in the right environments, that the same power that controls the seed sprouting that we can't make sprout 
is the same power that can cause people to flourish too. Let me be frank. Some of you that are listening to this podcast right now have encountered others in your work or your life who seem beyond your help. And you can think of someone right now, and I've worked with many individuals too, who appeared to be in conditions that were so far beyond my reach that I simply had to learn to trust in God's help for the things that I could not control. Now, not every situation turns out exactly as you plan, but when you're trusting God for the ultimate outcome, then you're practicing the same wisdom as a good farmer. So number two, your faith provides a measure of perspective, and that's healthy. Number three, your faith provides strong support through community. You know, over the years, I have managed a lot of crises, just like you have, uh, crisis involving students who had fatal illnesses, uh, crisis that involved the death of kids or teachers or loved ones, and some of those unexpected circumstances like car accidents or, or murders or disease were things that could be unbelievably overwhelming when trying to lead a school community. And when you face moments like this, your students and your teachers need to know that they are in a place where they'll be comforted and loved. And communities of faith add an additional layer of support that I've not seen anyone else do. Most of the schools that I've worked with provide students with access to counselors and therapists, but for many of our students, their communities of faith also provide places of comfort and interaction and stability for them too. And over the years, I have seen lots of good pastors, for instance, or ministers or clergy who provide places for school communities to hold candlelight vigils or ceremonies or prayer times, these places of community gathering outside of the school, or sometimes those members coming to the school to visit kids, give experiences to our students and families that provide powerful moments of support and encouragement and healing. So, In addition to all the other supports that we provide, allowing our students to have access to faith communities can be powerful partnerships. And frankly, some of the best volunteers and supporters I've seen in my schools over the years have been from members of those faith communities who are eager to see our schools thrive and flourish. And in my own experience, I don't know how I would have survived the normal walks of life without others I could gather with regularly for worship and for prayer and for community support. So wherever you are in that walk, uh, a faith community provides strong support. And number four, your faith provides context for your leadership. Recently, I heard some great research at the National Association of Secondary School Principals Leadership Conference in Chicago when Scott Barry Kaufman, professor at the University of Pennsylvania, spoke on the topic of cultivating grit. And in his talk, Kaufman explained Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which so many of us are familiar with, but with some interesting new definitions that he will be sharing in his latest or newest book that's coming out in 2019. And one of the areas that Maslow explored in his hierarchy is self-actualization. And if you look at the diagrams that Maslow used to show the tiers of learning that happens in a person's experience, you know that self-actualization was at the top. But if you look at his later writings, and I'll link to an article that was in Wikipedia that that shows some of his later writings that were referred to by Scott Barry Kaufman. In his later writings, Maslow's talks more about transcendence. 
the, the highest level of human experience where people pursue something equivalent to reaching for, quote unquote, the infinite. And in Kaufman's presentation, he reminded us that ultimate learning experiences involve discovery and awe and wonder, not just receiving human information, but finding inspiration. And as an education leader, here's my question. How can you expect your teachers and your students to tap into moments of inspiration and awe if you're not valuing those experiences yourself? And although there are lots of ways to tap into moments of awe and wonder, I think one of the most powerful ways that we can do that is by acknowledging the wonder of creation and the wonder of redemption. So think about this. Why are you stepping into your school every morning? I do not believe that it's because you simply want to earn a salary or because you love to be in control. If you did, you would find burnout pretty quickly. But I believe that you're stepping into your school every day because you want to be a part of creating the kind of community where students and teachers are inspired to grow and learn and discover and flourish. You want to create the kind of place where you can repair what's broken and redeem and make better the things that are in front of you. And faith provides a healthy context for that kind of experience. So number four, your faith can provide context in your leadership. It provides meaning for why you do what you do. So let's wrap this up. You know, as my daughter Emily and I were traveling to Chicago, I was thinking back to when she was born. Emily was born six and a half weeks premature. Uh, She was a healthy little baby, but she was hospitalized in a neonatal intensive care unit so that her lungs could develop uh, before we could bring her home. And neonatal care specialists will tell you that there is no safer place than a mother's womb during pregnancy. But when a baby comes early, it's comforting to see the specialized care that these premature babies receive. And during Emily's first days, she was placed in the small crib and connected to leads that checked her heart rate and her blood pressure. She was fed oxygen through small tubes that were inserted in her tiny nose. And as the days continued, her lungs strengthened and she was finally disconnected from the oxygen and we could hold her and and feed her for the first time. And as wonderful and miraculous as that neonatal care was for her, there was something that the cribs and the machines and the monitors could not provide. Nothing could replace the love that she was feeling from the human touch that she was receiving while in those cribs. Whether it was stroking her little back with our forefingers while she slept or holding her for the first time and trying to feed her, the love that radiated from those who held her, whether that was her mom and dad or her grandparents or even those sweet nurses, was the kind of affection that I believe worked deeply into her just as much as the medical treatment that she was receiving. And of course, it was an amazing joy to finally bring her home. And it's been an amazing joy to watch her grow up to be an amazing young woman. You know, often I hear educators talk about their work as a calling. And I think it's apt to say that your life is a calling. So when is the last time that you've paused to think about the importance of your spiritual condition in relation to your heavenly father? When you confront the realities of life, your relationships, your work, your health, you are inevitably going to hit walls, times where you can't control the outcomes, times of isolation or struggle or discouragement. But when you think about the affection that a heavenly father has for you at your deepest core, you can know that you're never alone. And you can have an assurance for what's beyond your control, a perspective for the journey that you're on, a support from a shared community of faith, and a meaning 
that goes far beyond the moment that you're in. You might have all the right conditions, but you need a miracle for the outcomes you can't control. And that's why I think your spiritual growth matters. So now it's your turn. As you pause to reflect on the kinds of motivations that you need as a school leader, when's the last time that you reflected on your eternal significance and how can you take time to accept that there are things beyond your control and how can you reach out to others and share in their struggles and difficulties by being part of a community that encourages each other and then acknowledges that eternal perspective is just as important as today's perspective. Well, I hope that's helpful. If you find this resource helpful, please share it out with others. And if you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out my posts at williamdparker.com. Until next time, I hope that you're having a fantastic summer and I'm looking forward to staying connected with you. You can always reach out to me by email at my email address, will at williamdparker.com. You can find me on social media at Twitter at my handle at williamdp, at Instagram at william underscore d underscore parker, or you can always find me at my website at williamdparker.com. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. And thanks again for doing what matters.